Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today I'm joined by James Flynn, who's going to talk about Celtic's statement, which was put out yesterday regarding the Rangers tax case. Here's what Celtic had to say in their statement. We note today's decision by the Supreme Court. Celtic's position on this issue has been consistent, that this has always been a matter for the courts of law and also the Scottish football authorities, whose rules are intended to uphold sporting integrity. In 2013, we expressed surprise, shared by many observers and supporters of the game, over the findings of the SPL Commission that no competitive or sporting advantage had resulted. Today's decision only reaffirms that view. We are sure now that the footballing authorities in Scotland will wish to review this matter. Celtic awaits the outcome of their review. James, what's your views on this statement? I think Celtic were were quite reserved in the statement, and I know you'd expect the club to be. They need to put out something sort of fairly level-headed. They can't really go for the jugular to begin with, but surprise is the word. Do you know, as a fan, I'm surprised that Rangers more or less got away here without from what I can see, what many fans can see, is much of a punishment. I had this conversation and you know, people say, well, Rangers get put down in the third division. That wasn't really a punishment. That was a consequence of their actions. You know, If you rob a bank and break your leg in the process, the judge doesn't go, well, you broke your leg, that, that's the punishment. No, there has to be a punishment here. We're in a position in Scotland, as far as I can see, where you can have a team who don't pay tax. Instead of paying the tax that everyone else does, they use that money to buy players and win the competition. You can't have that. Do you foresee a situation whereby there could be title stripping in this? Do you advocate title stripping? Do I see a situation where it... No. Because frankly, the way the SFA and the governing bodies of football in Scotland have handled this is pretty atrocious. There's no appetite here to, to punish Rangers for this. They want this to go away, as far as I'm concerned. Do I advocate title stripping? Yes, I do. Now, that's not to say that Celtic get the titles. Let's just clear this up. Nobody gets the titles. It's not taking titles from Rangers and giving them to Celtic. This is making sure Rangers' record has an asterisk or a scrub where those titles were won when they were cheating the tax man and cheating the football authorities. You've said on several occasions that you consider Rangers a dead club. So I suppose my question to you is, why is this relevant if you believe that Rangers are a dead club? Well, it's not what I believe, is it? It's... You know, the football authorities have made it clear, they've bent over backwards to tell anyone that will listen that this is the same Rangers. This is the same Rangers that has been going since day one. Well, if this is the same Rangers that's been going since day one, it's the same Rangers that cheated the tax man and cheated the competition. What my concern here is, this whole debate seems to be framed around Rangers. What happens to Rangers? What if Rangers? What about the rest of the fans? You know, you can't have people during these EBT years paying in the game, paying in in good faith, but what they're actually watching is a rigged system I suppose what I want to drill into the detail of is what is it specifically that Rangers will have done? What specific contravention do you see that would lead to a title-stripping event? What's the smoking gun? Well, 
There's nothing wrong in essence with one club having more money than another club to go out and buy those players. What my issue is, is that money can't have been sourced through tax avoidance schemes or or anything that was then judged to be illegal. You know, you, you can't do that. There needs to be a, pair, a fair playing field. Paying tax, paying your rightful tax, should be one of the prerequisites of competing in a football tournament where money is key. You know, that's the difference between a winning club and a losing club a lot of the time. It's who had the money to buy more players. And at that time, Rangers' dominance relied heavily on the fact that they could outspend everyone. David Murray said it himself. For every te- fiver you spend, I'll spend a tenner. But the problem there is, Celtic's fiver was after tax. David Murray's tenor didn't include any of that. So obviously, not just Celtic have put out a statement. Now we've got Aberdeen fans have put out a statement and there seems to be a groundswell across social media from fans of other clubs um, who are very unhappy with um, the ramifications of the ruling. What does this mean for Scottish football? What it means for Scottish football is that Rangers are in danger of becoming a pariah club. You know, there's there's no contrition really from Rangers. I know Dave King put out a statement um a couple of years ago and to the effect that maybe you know the, the actions of the past won't be repeated or whatever but Dave King's put out a lot of statements since then and it seems that every action that the Rangers board take and and you know to some degree the fans they seem to ostracise themselves from Scottish football a wee bit now on social media today there's talk of a, a Rangers fans boycott why? you know Rangers fans aren't the ones who are wronged here although in saying that I do have a degree of sympathy for Rangers fans because they paid their money in they bought the tickets, they bought the strips, they went to the games, they supported their team thinking that their efforts by putting in the money and supporting the club were building that great club of the time. When in actual fact, it was built on loans and overdrafts and not paying tax. So, you know, there's, there's nothing the Rangers fans done wrong here. They supported a winning team and it must be quite difficult to be told, you know, that winning team cheated and we want to take stuff off you. And I genuinely, I think... See Ralan talking about boycotts and Ralan talking about you're not taking this, you're not taking that. See if the Rangers fans put out a statement and went, listen, we understand that the club was badly run. We take no pride in the fact that the club was badly run, but this is a new regime and we're not we're not doing that anymore. I think there would be a I think there would be a sort of a peacemaking there. You know, I think there needs to be a bit of contrition from the club and a bit of contrition for the fans to understand the position of other Scottish football fans, Aberdeen fans, Celtic fans, Hibs, Hearts, you name it, they're all looking about going, we could have had that success Rangers had if we chose not to pay tax. John Hartson and Martin O'Neill are two Celtic players at the time that have come out and said that they wouldn't want title stripping to happen. They, they feel that what happened on the pitch was reflective of the superiority or otherwise of the two teams as sporting entities. What would your rebuttal of that be? I, I, I genuinely I, I can see where they're coming from you know they were playing the game on the pitch they were going one on one on the team and they had that was their battle and they had to win it and you know on occasions they didn't win it but it, it's different as a fan you, you genuinely there's a feeling among Celtic fans and among other fans as well that you know Rangers cheated and and on part of it is and I've, I've mentioned this before but I mentioned it again part of it's probably born from the fact that you know, David Murray was waving his cash in Celtic's face at the time. Celtic were always criticised for not spending. Celtic were the poor relation. We had to make do with some terrible signings at the times. Um, John Hartson and Martin O'Neill are entitled to their opinion. I, I, I differ with it, and I think a lot of fans would as well. 
And, and incidentally, let me reiterate, this isn't about taking titles off Rangers and giving them to Celtic. What it is is about just making people aware that Rangers had an unfair advantage when they won those titles. So I suppose the counter-argument to that would be Celtic could have gone down the route of EBTs, and in fact they did. They had an EBT with Giannino, although they paid it up because they felt it was too risky, they did use an EBT. So do you accept that it's not the EBT use in of itself that is the issue here? EBT's a tax avoidance scheme doesn't win you football matches. But having much more money than your opponent does. Now, the question can be turned around to say if Rangers didn't use EBT's at the time, you know, Martin O'Neill won a lot against Rangers. Where would Rangers have been if it weren't for the EBT's? That's I think that's the pertinent question. If Rangers didn't use this, where would they be? You know, I believe Alex McLeish was around when EBT's were were being used. He finished third. You know, how much further down that league would Rangers have been wearing it for EBTs? Would Rangers be the club that people hold them in the regard today? Would there have been a UEFA Cup run? Would there be those Champions League nights? In terms of what you feel is the smoking gun in terms of what they've done wrong, what is it specifically that you feel is a cast iron thing that you can point to that would be the thing that fills you with a sense of injustice? The words... The EBT scheme allowed us to buy players we wouldn't normally be able to afford. And that was obviously from Mr Black in the, one of the court cases. Yes. Uh, who was a Rangers director. I mean, for me it seems pretty open and shut. Rangers implemented a scheme that allowed them to buy players that they couldn't afford had they not done it. And those players let them win trophies. You can't have a competition where that sort of behaviour thrives. The competition itself must stand alone. It must, as as much as you can make it, be a competition between two football teams, is the point I'm trying to make. Okay, James, thanks for that. There's some strong views there, but they are your own views, and it's interesting to hear them. Thanks for joining me today on the Record Celtic podcast. We'll be back whenever there's action, whenever there's news, we'll be here to cover it. You can follow us on iTunes or other good podcasting networks. Please subscribe. It means you can download the podcast the minute we upload it. Thanks for listening.